if you have a sense of something is not right, believe it. Don't let it come to a point where it affects your health. It affected my health, not listening to myself. It affected my mindset. It affected my well-being. And now I'm on that journey to come back to my health because for so long, I didn't listen to myself. I mean, I've taken one step towards what I consider my dream life. And I'm not daydreaming about that life anymore. I'm Mm -hmm. living it. Welcome to the Holistic Career Change Podcast. Spoiler alert, we don't discuss conventional, linear, boring career change here. This is the place where we talk about finding an aligned career path that feels like an extension of who you are, where you get paid for being yourself. Forget personality quizzes, soul-crushing scrolling on job sites, and breaking your brain trying to find your why. Join me and many other career changers who've changed their career holistically by first defining who they are at their core and then using this blueprint to design a fulfilling career or business. We use the mind-body-soul approach and we take into consideration the complexity and multidimensionality of all that you are and want to represent in the world. This is where purpose-led careers are born and built. I'm your host, Vilma Saita. Let's go. Hello, gorgeous friends. How are you? (laughs) I really hope you're feeling inspired and I hope you're committed to taking these steps towards finding and then building an inspiring career path for yourself. I also hope, actually, I know that if for some reason you're feeling fearful, uncertain about the future, Today's episode will be exactly what the doctor ordered, I promise. (laughs) I have such a special guest today, a client of mine, whom actually I might have mentioned about on this podcast before, and who is a mind-blowing example of what it looks like to show up for this work with determination and consistent action in spite of fear and in spite of dysregulation. Nikita is in the process of switching from being a dentist to becoming an interior designer, which, by the way, I believe is just the beginning for her. (laughs) Just as so many of the career changers that I work with, and actually those of you who are listening to this podcast, Nikita is a multifaceted, multi-passionate individual, and she has a lot of dreams and aspirations to not only build an authentic life and career for herself, but also to make an impact and leave a legacy behind. So if you identify with this description, this episode will be such a luxurious treat for you. Because one of the topics Nikita and I discuss in this conversation is how to prioritize all of these desires and wishes and plans and how to be okay with choosing just one track to start with. Because I know this is something that a lot of you will struggle with and hold it against yourself and delay starting altogether. Nikita's switch is massive. Because it's not often we hear stories about doctors who decide to change paths and also opt for something creative. And I know that one of Nikita's goals is to be that example of what's possible. In spite of years and in spite of money spent studying and practicing this craft, you are allowed, just like Nikita gave herself permission, and in fact you should change course if you are in a similar position that Nikita found herself in a year ago. 
burnt out, experiencing episodes of depression, trying to distract and disconnect, using food, alcohol, and just living in the survival mode and complete chronic nervous system dysregulation. And while she openly admits, which one of the many things I love about her, that she's work in progress and she'll continue to be work in progress just like all of us, she shares how different her life looks like now as she's studying for an aligned career, as she's enjoying the process of studying, which is such a different experience than what she experienced when she was studying to become a dentist, and she's feeling the flow of life. She says she finally feels like she is home, something she struggled with, finding that feeling for the majority of her life because she was lost chasing the dreams and the goals that, as it turns out, weren't even hers. And that was also, and can be for many of us, a very painful realization. And there's a lot of grief associated with leaving that life behind, which she experienced as well. Um, Before recording the episode, Nikita and I had a little chat and we decided to focus perhaps a little bit less on the circumstances of her journey. And if you have any questions, I'm sure she'll be happy to talk to you. I'm going to leave her details in the show notes. But what we wanted to highlight was all that she learned on her way from burnout, stuckness, to her enjoying her new life now, studying to become an interior designer. And if you've listened to other career changers share their journeys on this podcast, you've probably noticed a common thread with all of them. That is embracing a purpose-led path is so much more than just updating your resume or becoming better in interviewing. It's about going through this mini inner revolution. It's peeling layers off of everything that is inauthentic within you. It's rewiring limiting beliefs. It's learning how to embody this new version of yourself, which at times can feel so incredibly scary and we may feel so vulnerable doing that, right? And again, Nikita is just such a magical example of someone who was brave enough to say yes to herself and to become this conscious intentional author of her life's work and her life story. I'm so thrilled and so honored to be sharing this transformation with you. Enjoy. Hello, Nikita. Welcome to the Holistic Career Change Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yes. My goodness. I don't even know where to start. Let's start with you introducing yourself. Just share whatever you want to share with the listeners. Sounds good. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Nikita, and I am currently living, I'd say, the beginning of my dream life. Yeah. I'm well to go a little bit more into detail. I am in New York City going to design school, something that's been a dream of mine for, I'd say, 20 years. And uh, we're just starting that process now. Amazing. So, talk to me a little bit. So, you just moved, right? So, you're kind mm-hmm. of we're starting uh, to the listeners. I want to explain the the way that we decided to talk <laughs> about this. So, we're starting from where she's now, right? To give you a little bit of a glimpse of the life that she's leading now, because that that was mm-hmm. a year of work, right? Yeah. Uh, and we will definitely <laughs> go into the detail of that. Um, tell a little more about what school you go into. I know it's just the very beginning, mm-hmm. but just to give the listeners a better taste of what you're going through right now. 
Yes. So I just moved to New York City about, I'd say, a week and a half ago to attend the New York School of Interior Design. Mm -hmm. And I am living out of a hotel right now and I'm trying to figure it out. But I am one of many career changers that have decided to go back to school for interior design, which has been a passion of mine for a very long time. So right now, my weeks are looking like um, up until yesterday, figuring out where I was going to live after this, but taking these great classes and just things that have always interested me and intrigued me. So that is what my day-to-day looks like right now. And it, it's a great spot to be in. I saw I saw a story today of you were doing, what were you, the sketching piece? What were you doing? The drafting. Yeah. Yes. Talk to me just a little bit, like, what is it like to study for something that you actually are interested in? Because that was not the oh case. My- Um, (laughs) Good question. I was actually thinking about this yesterday. What it feels like to study something that I actually am interested in. It kind of feels like time flies. And Mm -hmm. I noticed that yesterday. So this, this class I'm taking, it is, it takes a lot of um, effort and you have to be very dedicated and focused to it because every, you're pretty much looking at the millimeters between lines because that's what you have to do in an interior design. And eight and a half hours passed without me even realizing it. So I was shocked because I remember in my old life where I would be looking at the clock every two minutes, like, please, God, get me out of this lecture. And my lectures were two to three hours long before. Now they're three to four and a half hours long. And I am not looking at the clock. I am intrigued. I'm interested. I am tired. Let's be honest. It's a long time, but it's manageable. Mm, What an amazing place. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then let's talk about, so you and I met, it was exactly, I think a year ago. I think you had scheduled a consultation like end of January, right? Mm -hmm. End of January, right? So let's paint the picture of what was going on in your life back then when we, when we met. (laughs) Okay. So the first, the first meeting I had with you, I actually canceled because my life was crazy. What was going on a year ago was that I was the owner of a dental clinic, um, an unhappy owner. And I had these pipe dreams of, you know, me wanting to pursue design for the longest time. And I would go on these very high highs and these extreme low lows and constantly trying to pursue something without actually trying, if you know what I mean. It was always there that I wanted to do this, but I came to you. I think it was in that moment of like, Hey, I think I know what I want to do. I want to do internships. I'll figure it out. And I didn't really understand where coaching would lead me, but I just knew that I was in this place that it was a dark place. I'm not going to lie. You know, you're, you're in a moment of, well, I'm, I was a dentist and you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I, should I be changing? So I was in a very confusing spot and it was just not clear where I, where I could go from here. So that's where I came to you and it's been the best decision I've ever made. Mm, right. So let's talk about you being a dentist. So basically yes. you went to school for dentistry. You chose that, yeah. right? Uh, talk mm-hmm. to me. Talk, t- give us a little bit of like details of that journey. Okay. So that journey. So, so I actually, I'm going to be very honest with you. I decided to be a dentist out of a fluke. Honestly, I, I was in a I was one of those kids that I really studied very, very hard. And I was in this accelerated program. I was 16, 17. And I was in a program where everyone around me had already, they knew what they wanted. They wanted to go to Harvard. They wanted to go become doctors and engineers and lawyers. And I also had that pressure from my community. And so 
at 16, 17, I had a friend who's like, I'm going to go become a dentist and I'm going to apply to this program that will allow me to go into dental school. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know what I want to do with my life, but I want to do that. And at that time, like this, I had this dream to become a designer, like I had mentioned before, but it just didn't feel within my reach. And so I really tucked it way, way back. So for me, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. So anyway, to make a very long story short, it was um it was an accelerated program. I pretty much interviewed for dental school at the age of 16, 17. I think it was 17. I got in and that was my life. That, that was it. I was like, okay, I'm going to become a dentist. And the reason I chose it was, you know, for those who love dentistry, it can offer a great lifestyle. It can offer, you know, so much. And I thought, yeah, I, I maybe want to have a family. I want to do this. I want to have money. And so it was a flexible choice. And I was lucky enough to have the grades and the, the resume to get in. And I pursued that all the way through, even though sometimes in my head, a little whisper started like, are you sure? Are you sure? And I would ignore them. So I went through dental school. Um, it was not how I feel now, you know, going to school. It was very hard. It was, um, of course it was hard, but it just was draining. And I just remember always being drained regardless. I then decided to go into residency and I was lucky enough to get into a top residency program in the States. And so I was like, okay, you know, this is great. But what really got me was that after a full 12 hour day, you're seeing patients, you're doing all these really cool procedures. I went home wanting to never think about dentistry again. And my peers went home studying dentistry. They're like, we want to learn better techniques and how to do this. And I was like, absolutely not. I don't even want to think about this. And that to me was the first time I noticed that I was different. And I looked around, and I'm like, I'm not doing what they're doing. Like, this is weird. And at the same time, my husband, who's my then fiance, reminded me, he's like, you were not yourself. You were constantly, you know, just drained and angry. And, and he, used, he used other words, which I'm not going to mention, but he, he was just like, you were just not yourself. And so anyway, that continued on. And I uh, moved to Canada for him. He's Canadian. And I went into a corporate job, which was a great job really for anyone who loves dentistry. And I hated every minute of it. I remember within the first couple months, I was like writing in my journal, like, please get me out of this. I don't like this. I need to quit. And, you know, at the time my spirituality was really starting. So it was a universe, please just give me some signs to get out of here. Like something is wrong. And I'd come home every night crying. And I, I, that's not who I am. I was miserable. Like there's times where my husband had to pick me up from the floor because I was so miserable and I just thought that was normal. And I would look around, and I'm like, well, no one else is talking about being unhappy in their jobs. And I should just stop because I work so hard. I, you know, I'm in this great position that I'm a doctor. Like this is, and I'm a woman of color. Like this is something that I should be happy. And I wasn't. And it was showing in my marriage. It was showing in who I was. So anyway, um, I luckily I was going to quit, but they fired me. <laughs> <laughs> Even oh, I didn't though I know that you guys, this is, I'm hearing this for the first time. Yes. Like, <laughs> they fired me. And you know why it's because, well, not that I did anything wrong, but I had, uh, there was some issue with payment and I asked them about it. And they, instead of paying me, they fired me. And I thought that was the funniest thing because that day I was going to go up to them and quit. And it was like, universe was just like, uh-huh. honey, you have waited too long. We're going to push you out. I spend it the next happens so much. I love that it's you're saying crazy. that because it's so common. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so crazy, and that was the, that was one of the turning points. I spent the next two years like I didn't work for maybe about a year and a half because I was like, oh, I need to go on my soul searching journey. 
which was me on the couch watching Oprah videos yeah. and like hoping that, <laughs> which was hoping that something would happen. Like, please just give me an answer. Like, what is yeah. my purpose? And I would, I remember Googling, like, what's my purpose? How do I figure it out? And like, I was going through that initial phases of where do I go from here? And so my family was worried about me. They're like, why don't you just, you know, get a job for a little bit. And obviously I'm just sitting at home. It's not healthy. So somehow we got to a point where I was like, you know what, I'm going to buy a business. Maybe, maybe me buying a dental clinic will allow me to be an entrepreneur and that will fulfill it for me. And I'll just do it in dentistry. Well, universe had other plans. So I did purchase the practice, but I would say um, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And I don't say that lightly because a lot of my advisors told me that there was a series of events that had happened. And my advisors told me that you've been through more in literally a year than most of my clients have been through in 15 years of business. Mm. So if that wasn't a sign, I don't know what was. And what I also remember as I recall back is as I had signed the paperwork, I had this voice and feeling that I did the wrong thing. Like I should not have I should not have pursued this practice. You mean when you were signing like the purchasing? I was signing the documents. I remember being, obviously you're on a high that, oh my God, I purchased the practice. And I, like, I, but it's like, okay, there's something's off, something's off. And I knew that the, the time I signed it and the day I walked in the next day, I was like, I saw my pictures from that day and I could see it. I knew, I knew it. And I could see it in my eyes. I had done the wrong thing. So I was thinking, why did I do this? You know, what led me to here? And to me, it was a lot of pressure because I was in that spot of like, just this gray spot. I didn't have you, Velma. <laughs> and yeah. so I was trying to figure out on my own, like, okay, what do I do? I'm unhappy. This is, is this normal? Is this abnormal? So that journey took me up till last year when I came to you. And I just knew that, you know, I was in this clinic, I had a great team, which was awesome, but it wasn't, I was always in survival mode and I was so drained. And I actually wrote this, this, this morning where I lived my weeks for my weekends and I lived my weekends dreading my weeks. Yeah. And I did that day in and day out from, I'd say during residency, but really during the last three years of owning that clinic, which I'm thankful, you know, it was, we can go more into it after, but it was, um, it, it could have been, it could have been more successful. It could have been more whatever, but I did the best I absolutely could. And I killed myself in the process. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Cause you came in like really burnt out. Like you said, you were, your nervous mm -hmm. you did all the time. Like you were like yeah. literally, um, just fight to flight state, right? Constantly. Constantly. I know that you were doing a lot of soothing, which is very normal. And that's what you and I spoke about. Mm -hmm. It's like when you're activated, it's normal for you to want to binge watch things, to snack, right? To maybe have Always. a drink, right? You need, your system is trying to look for some sort of relief. And mm -hmm. so, and, and you, when you and I were speaking, right, about where you're, because you were down at yourself, where you were like, I, you know, I should have made it more successful. I could have. Yeah. When we're in misaligned positions, it's very hard. You literally need to like sacrifice your life, your life force, yes. to make something successful. And that's where you were living. And I was thinking about it because I was laughing. Uh, before the, before the recording, because it felt like, you know, in a, there was a coaching relationship, like we have a coaching yes. relationship, but in our coaching relationship, there was three of us as you, me and the clinic. Because it, was, <laughs> it was like the Always. third entity. Always. 
right? It was oh, so massive and so big for the majority part of even last of year, life. right? Yeah. Until you sold. And it would always be just us talking about how you could take care of yourself more. And you would just tell me like, mm-hmm. Luma, I don't know what happens. Like the minute I enter it, even the minute mm-hmm. I get into my car, my energy leaves me. Talk to me about that. What did it feel yes. like? It was even when I was putting my makeup on, it was the night before when I, when my pillow, when my head even hit the pillow, I was like, Oh my God, I have to go to the clinic tomorrow. Oh my God. And so what, what we did when I started working with you is that I was going in every single day and I really, you know, as an owner, I wasn't actually practicing chair side. And so that was one of the greatest blessings for me, not practicing chair side, because I don't know that I'd even be able to be here at this point, but mm-hmm. we had organized my days so that I'd be going there at least just two times a week. And really start to set those boundaries. But what would happen between those two days? So I went a Tuesday and a Thursday. On that Wednesday, on that Monday, and even after thinking about the clinic, every time I'd get a message from my manager saying this happened or that happened or whatever, my nervous system, it felt like it felt like there was a war being waged on my body. Like it was constant. And even thinking about going to work, it started you know what, to be honest with you, it started actually the morning before. I would find myself, now that I'm thinking about it, I just find myself in this chaotic situation, just trying to self-soothe before I even went to the clinic. And I'd be putting my makeup on in the morning and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And like that, I could feel that in my body. And now that I say that, like it's actually, it can make me a little bit emotional because it's like, I put myself through that for so long. And putting my makeup on, driving to work, I'm turning on the street and I feel like I'm throwing up. Like I can't even eat. I can't think. I'm like, I can't believe I have to do this. And something happened when I walked through the doors and all of a sudden it's almost like an auto, like like a veil went over me, like I'd mentioned. And those feelings of not wanting to be there, they kind of got covered by this veil because I was playing a role, right? I was playing a role in that. And that's another thing I realized about my life is how many roles I've been playing. But in that specific moment, I was a clinic owner and I was the boss and I showed up that way, but it took every ounce of me to do that. So when I came home, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy my husband. I I was not present. And I realized I hadn't been present for most of my life. And that was another huge um, takeaway from our coaching the last years. I did not know I didn't make memories. Like I don't remember being in my twenties and I don't remember all these different things, but that was really heightened when I had my clinic. Mm, yeah. Cause I, this is so true. And I'm sure that a lot of people can relate when you're in misaligned mm-hmm. places. And also you were very much when you would go in, so you would play that role, but you, it was also autopilot, right? When I would ask autopilot. What yes. happened at that point? And you were like, I don't know. And we yes. would we try different techniques. Can you like set a reminder mm-hmm. on your phone to check in with yourself? Because we need to start decreasing this time you spend in autopilot, exactly. right? Because if you're an autopilot, you can't change anything. You can't mm-hmm. set healthier boundaries. You're just kind of there reacting, right? Yes. And completely disconnecting from your truth, from your soul, from everything is like- exactly. Just- just autopilot galore. And uh, one thing that we remember to, that I remembered this morning as well, do you remember how, you know, you and I were, well, you were convinced and other people that it was haunted. Like you went through such a journey. Yes. How at one point <laughs> you even thought like a clinic was haunted. Mm, there it was haunted though, man. It was, it was. Okay. So, I mean, this is such a side note, but uh, one of the owners from 40 plus years ago like, committed suicide in there. And I swear to you, believe in ghosts or not, I saw a shadow when I was renovating this clinic, which is another thing we got to do together was still be able to pursue design. But 
I was painting and I look over and I see something. So I'm like, literally every sign is like telling me, get the hell out of there, get out. And like, for me, I think just the way I learn, like I need to be knocked over the head with a brick for me to see something. So one of the takeaways for sure was like, start to listen at the whispers because I mean, when I, we should do another podcast just on the clinic. I'm talking like I had, we had, I just purchased it before the pandemic. I had, um, I lost 500 patients because someone solicited. I lost a bunch of my team members. I had X, Y, Z and, and just, it was piling on. It just was not smooth. It was like, there were stop signs at every single time. Every time I walked into the clinic, there was yeah. another stop sign, like stop and turn around woman. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it was hard. It was hard. It was like a tough journey. And, um, you know, one of the questions that sometimes you would come into sessions and you would ask me, right? Like with a lot of desperation, because yeah. there was that cognitive side of you was like, Luma, I am trying to get out. I'm trying to sell and need yeah. to like prepare the clinic for sale because I know I want to leave. Right. Especially yeah. when you would get those glimpses of what it's like to be in design world. And we'll talk yes. about it, how you were trying it out. You would come back and you're like, Oh my God, I remember who I am. I remember like yes. I felt it. I was alive when I was <laughs> in a whatever show or shadowing someone. Right. Yes. And then you come back and the veil would be back on and you're like, who am I kidding? This is never going to work. Right? It was struggle. <laughs> <laughs> and he would ask me, but Vilma, why is it that like, I, why I can't leave? I, it seems like, like I can't leave, like I'm putting yeah. in so much effort, but like something is against me. And you and I, we spoke a lot about how we live in a mirror construct. A lot of the times when we're in certain environments, especially mm-hmm. the ones that we have outgrown, it's not just about tangible financial lessons or like I learned how to run a business, but a yeah. lot of it is also just us being mirrored back certain patterns that we'll live in mm-hmm. to help us solve it and do something differently. And you and I spoke how the clinic became almost like a representation of certain patterns in your life that you had been living mm-hmm. in from just the way you ran it to the mm-hmm. relationships you had with people, right? And it wasn't essentially a healer. It was healing you, but like, because you're in what? so much pain, it was hard to admit it or see it. Mm-hmm. Can you share more about that? Yes. What I realized in the clinic was that I I was playing this role of always being a fixer and really being the person that people came to to just um to I guess fix things. And so I realized that that was I was playing that role there, but I was also playing that role in so many different areas of my life. And I also started to realize that I allowed my life to be dictated by other people. I had this lack of boundaries and that was mirrored, not just in the clinic, but it was also mirrored in my relationships with so many different people in my life. And just the way I lived my life was I allowed the circumstances to dictate me. And so really we were tested. I was really tested during the sale process because honestly, if I really wanted to, I could have probably sold this clinic a a year into it, right? Or six months into it, but it took almost two extra years to sell it. And it's, I think the reason really was that it was that healer and that teacher of learning to let go and to start to believe in myself and trust myself. And I remember how many times I came to you, Vilma, this buyer fell through and this happened and that like the, the selling process was very difficult and it was harder than most in another difficult part, but it was harder than most other people just because I had those extra lessons to learn where it really brought me back to myself. But there were, I was constantly in survival mode and it showed me where I was in survival mode in so many different areas of my life as well. And to learn to step out of that and not allow, like I said, those circumstances to dictate my life because that's how I was living for so long where I say an employee quit or 
you know, whatever happened that all of a sudden my entire week would be derailed. And so I learned to start to regulate myself in those moments. And I was able to then pick up the tools that we had, that you had taught me, the thought downloads and the modeling. And I was able to use that a little bit better, but again, it was almost like a brick had to be hit over my head for me to really start to see what position I had put myself in and to say, yes, I, this is my responsibility. I put myself in this position. The circumstances were, of course, they're always going to be there, but it doesn't dictate, you know, your sense of self. So I learned to go back to myself and be like, who am I? What is it that I want? Even if I'm in this tough situation, how am I going to show up and know and believe that there is another life out there waiting for me? Yeah, totally. And I think the first step for you was, like you said, to get that awareness, like awareness, Mm -hmm. even when at the beginning, I would try to reflect that back to you. We're like, yeah, but like at the beginning, like, Mm -hmm. but the situation was really serious. Right. And then you and I were laughing now when you said, like, do you remember when I would come and say, Vilma, but like next week is going to be better. Like, I just need to take care of this issue. And then next week I'll have so much more time. Right. And I was like, are you noticing at one point I said, are you noticing how much you're using that you are feeding yourself lies that you just need to like work hard now or like take care of this. And then you can like focus on what you need to focus. But there was a little bit of that addiction to chaos. Right. It was my narrative as well. I mean, that narrative that I had that, oh, it's going to get better next week. And that it, it just showed me that my narrative in so many different areas of my life, it was just so because I had thoughts unexamined for so long, those thoughts. So even with the clinic and within, you know, my relationships or whatever, those thoughts were such a strong narrative. And I was living that out no matter what. So no matter every time we try to work on it, it wasn't until I really sat down and examined my thoughts over and over and over again. I was like, Oh, okay. Like for instance, that narrative, I have that addiction to chaos. Like for me, my brain, for some reason feels safe in chaos. And I was creating that in the clinic by being extra available to people. So then they had the permission to then, you know, permeate those boundaries and then affect my day. So I saw how there was a cause and effect for everything, but it began with me. Yeah. And I love that. I remember this specifically because you would tell me about like, Vilma, Mm -hmm. I cannot get a break when I'm at the clinic because people come Mm -hmm. come to me. And I was like, well, did you make space for them to come at you? Because if you set the boundaries mm-hmm. and you came into work and you would very clearly show them or communicate that you are yeah. not available, they wouldn't. But because you you had the tendency to be, like you said, the fixer, the people pleaser, right? You wanted to be needed and in the chaos, yeah. right? Because then at least you would be running on adrenaline, right? And not having to be in the low energy of like really feeling the misalignment yeah. and the pain of being in there. Exactly. And I don't know where, and it's so funny you say like people pleasing now. And I, at the time I was like, no, I like, I refuse to be people pleaser. I don't care yeah. about other people. Well, you're in Aries, I, right? So uh, <laughs> you're like, we don't people Aries. please. <laughs> <laughs> but I was realizing that I was living out that role without, without even understanding it because yeah. to be mm-hmm. needed made me actually feel like I had purpose being there because I was so unhappy and I didn't at the time, know how to look within myself to find a purpose. So I created a reason for people to come to me, which then gave me the feeling of purpose. And I realized that that's something now I'm very aware of to make sure, you know, how am I showing up? How, where, what is my role? How do I want to be in this moment? And I'm more aware of it now, but I wasn't aware of it at all at all before. This is so creative the way we just try to find some sort of meaning in what we're doing yeah. in the darkest of places. And it seems like that's how you exactly. learn how to do it. Even if there was a very high cost of you just draining yeah. yourself out of exactly. it. Exactly. 
And I think it's that feeling of belonging that I was going after because like I mentioned to you, you know, I, I went to school away from my family when I was 18. I moved to Canada. Like I I've done a lot. And I think that that need to, to that belonging was so strong that that's, I think more so it propelled that feeling of, okay, well come to me, let me, let me fix this for you. Or something's not, if something's not happening, let me help you with it. So it was definitely what I needed to look in. Like, you know, a little, a little inner child wound is something that I needed to start looking into. Yeah, hundred percent. This is so powerful what you said. I think a lot of people can resonate with that. Okay, so I think what would be good to maybe spend some time on just kind of going into detail on all the things that you realized that you learned that really helped you on this journey and helped you to go back to like yourself and who you are. And maybe let's talk about something that sounds a lot of the times really boring for people, but like self care. Can we start about self-care? Oh my God. Let's that was talk huge. about self-care. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is like the first thing that I talk Like Literally, that was my first session yeah. where I asked people about self-care and start asking them to introduce practices, right? Yeah. And you were like really polite at the beginning. You were like, yeah, I yeah, know I get it. But like you didn't fully manage did. to show up for it at the beginning. Oh my God. Okay, guys, if you're not doing self-care, please do it now. <laughs> um, okay, so what I realized, and this is someone like, you know, I'm, I was very black and white on self-care. I was like, oh, okay, go to the spa, like, okay, take a bath. But really, really what I realized is without self-care, you don't have the health to actually have the mindset to then pursue what you want to pursue. That's how strong it became for me because if I didn't take care of myself, so, you know, when you're an autopilot and you're dysregulated, you, for me, what that looks like is I'm drinking coffee, I'm sleeping late, I'm having alcohol, I'm, I'm having all the foods that don't feel good to me. So gluten and this and that. But what would happen with that was that my brain would not be clear enough to then recognize the mindset I had at the moment. So if I had these thoughts that were running around everywhere in my head and you so affectionately call them gremlins, these gremlins is almost like me not taking care of myself fed these gremlins, which made it harder for me to actually make a change in my life and stick to that change. So something as simple as, you know, I realized that for me, coffee is not, coffee is not good for me. And so by having a cup of coffee in the morning, you know, it could be anything for anybody else. But for me, it was these specific things, um, not having, having coffee and then not sleeping. My brain was so fuzzy when I woke up that I could not actually come to session and be like, you know, I actually, I felt like I a hundred percent put my effort into the work that we were supposed to do. So it just made it harder and longer to actually make that change. I think. Had I been self-care, had I been stabilized, I would be able to feel more of what it is that my body was trying to tell me and actually trust that instead of constantly ignoring it and ignoring it and ignoring it. So that's really where I learned the relationship of health and body to actually move your life forward. So I'm going to talk about, that's one of the first things I learned. And I'm not going to lie. It's been a journey because there are times where I'm like really good. I'll give myself an A plus like, yes, I'm doing all the things. And then something will derail my routine. And for instance, right now I've moved to New York. I'm living out of a hotel, which means I can't cook. You know, if I'm having a little bit of coffee to get to get, uh, you know, my sleep and stuff kind of going, um, I'm realizing how it's affecting me. So it hasn't been a clean, linear. Hey, yeah, I'm like super into self care. It's been definitely, I'd say, like a journey. You know, there's some days where I'm better than others. If I get my meditation and I can see how I can think clear, some days I don't. But now it's just understanding that as long as I find a way to take care of myself and regulate myself first before, say, checking Instagram in the morning or uh, checking the news, 
I'm able to then set a really good, I'd say, foundation for the rest of my day. And if it, the, the rest of my day doesn't go smoothly, I'm able to then reflect it and I'd be like, okay, well, what could I have done better? And not being so hard on myself. Because that's one thing I think I came in. I've always been so hard on myself. Extra pressure, I put it on myself. I don't know where that comes from, but it's something that I noticed that I need to take care of myself first. Yeah. And that pressure, that extra pressure, that like black or white thinking, like Mm -hmm. a a lot of the times it's trauma respond or like coming from that, like, uh, right or wrong way of doing mm-hmm. things and if I'm already doing things wrong I might as well just quit and not even try forget it, it. So, exactly. yeah, forget it and I think for you it was a big journey of like just self-acceptance right like mm-hmm. through self-awareness learning how to self-accept and now you know that it's not really about staying on track all the time and being perfect but it's about exactly. when you fall off getting back to it with love back on. exactly right? Exactly. And I also, one of the other things I learned was that the way my brain is, it's not linear. You know, it's, it's not, it's not something that I used to be so hard on myself because I was always struggling with deadlines, procrastination, um, not following through, not finishing a task, you know, having a lot of open-ended things on in my projects. And I was always so hard on myself, but when I started to look at the way my brain functions, it's not linear. So now I have to take care of it and work with my brain the way yeah. that it actually, the way that it actually wants to function and feed it properly and give it the right vitamins to be able to show up in a way that allows me to be creative and effective. So that was another big learning lesson for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like again, so like I said, like learning to work with your system versus against it, right? Against and, like, it. Uh, and then we talked a little bit about ADHD, right? And you learning mm-hmm. ADHD and you went on the whole discovery. And then I remember you yeah. came on one session and we're like, oh my God, it makes sense why I operate the way that I do. Why am I why am I like so upset with myself? This is just and I call it the superpower because I believe it's a superpower. Yeah. And that and that's what I mean when I see my lawn my non-linear brain. Cause for me, like I don't want to sit there and be like, well, I have ADHD. You know, for me, it's not something that that's conducive to what I feel. So for me, I call it my lot, my non-linear brain. It's just yeah. very different and it's fine. Like there's so many of us who have it, yeah. but you helping me see that that's how my brain functioned was a game changer for me. Nobody else has ever, you know, anyone else has never told me that, okay, this is what's going on with you. And I never knew to even look into it. So yeah. when you started seeing my patterns and then I started to learn about it, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So it was a game changer for me as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of people are out there who have nonlinear brains, right? More and more, especially people I'm noticing in the creative fields, you know, they are so much better with connecting the dots and come up, yeah. coming up with something that is new or innovative. And I think like that is such yes. a superpower. Like I have a linear brain. My brain is just good old linear. Like, <laughs> I can't muster things the way that like people with non-linear brain can. So like I'm always yes. been in awe, right? But like, yeah, yeah, going back to more and more in every area of your life, more and more of that, like self-acceptance, yes. grace, compassion as mm-hmm. you go through this process, right? Um, is there anything else that you want to share that you learned? Oh my God. Yes, there is. Okay. So I also learned that I'm an empath. So I kind of always known it. I also was able, you know, I just learned that, okay, I'm an empath. So really I need to be very careful with, with the kind of energies that I'm around and, you know, it's, it's not so black and white. And some people might be like, well, I don't understand that. But for me, I realize I pick up on emotions and ideas very quickly without understanding it. It's almost like osmosis. And so that was really important for me to then say, okay, who am I going to talk to about my journey 
because I know that their reactions really do affect me. I'm highly sensitive that way. So they're really going to affect me. So I actually, it's funny. I did this whole journey, this whole change, selling the clinic, getting into school without my family even knowing because I, and a lot of people in my life had no idea because that was a choice for me that I, I love them and I, I respect their opinions, but I need to hear my own voice and listen and follow through before I allow the filtering of other people to come in. And that's not, some people, you know, may not think that that's a good idea, but for me, that's what worked. And I was the only people who knew were Vilma, my husband and my best friend. That's it. No one else actually knew what I was, what I was deciding to go through and uh, pursue. So that was huge as you know, those boundaries were really important as well. Um, so I also learned to put myself out there. I learned to ground, um, a little bit better and I learned to celebrate my little wins. Mm -hmm. I mentioned a couple of times how hard I was on myself for me, even to get through a good week and I, I didn't celebrate it or, you know, I would instead just, um, I would just say, you know, it's not important enough. I'm just gonna, it's not, it's not worth it, but celebrating the little wins even like a little happy dance in my head. Like you told me to start doing that. You know, I, I completed a task. Yeah, Nikki, you got this. Like I used to tell that to myself in my head yeah. because it would help me see that it felt good to complete that. So those little things is how I was able to start moving out of the dentistry portion. And, and really when we say dentistry, it's that whole lifestyle I was living to start coming into, I'd say more alignment. And you always remind me, you know, Nikki, you're more in alignment now than you ever were before. And I always have that playing in my head. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing I learned. Another thing was the tools you taught me, including the app, like retrain your brain, starting my day off with thoughts that, you know, you put your own thoughts in there, starting my own, my day with thoughts I wanted to believe and listen to that made a huge difference on good on days that could have been really bad, but actually ended up being really good and very, very productive. So a couple of the wins there. I'm sure I have so many more and yeah. they'll keep coming up. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And also for you, I think you were very receptive. Well, I mean, there were ups and downs as well, just like for all of us mm -hmm. in general, just fought work and understanding just how much your narrative was affecting how you're feeling, so which is that you, you know, did not necessarily know before because you thought, you know, we think thoughts just happen to us, and yeah. too, but then we still have the power to actually change them or pause them, interrupt them, right? When I would be like, stand up to your inner bully, like, what would you yes. say have that thought versus Thanks. allow them to just take over and then suddenly the next thing you know, you're down, you're doubting, yeah. and you're like, oh my God, I'm going crazy. This is never going to work. And that was huge when the narrative in my head was, okay, so this was the narrative in my head for so long. I'm a doctor becoming a designer. Who the hell does that? And can you imagine, like, I always thought that in my head and the way I would tell people in the beginning was like, oh, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to do this. And, and I'd put myself down when I, first, when I was first talking about it. And that was the narrative in my head that, oh my God, who the hell does that? Who goes through years of education, going 16 years in one industry and moves on to another. And I almost projected other people's, what I thought their responses would be. That became my story. So when I finally told everyone in my life what was going on, they were so receptive. And I was so shocked because my narrative was, well, as a woman in society, who's a doctor, you don't do this kind of thing. Right. And I led with that. And so I realized how important my narrative plays in my feelings. And I actually didn't take a lot of action. Like I, I would think that and say I had to get ready to do something in New York or whatever it was, I wouldn't do it because I was like, well, who the hell does that? And yeah. that narrative that I've been playing 
when I finally saw it for what it was and I, I was proven wrong, it was like the sense of freedom that was like, really, it, your thoughts really do play, you know, how you, how you live out your life. So that was massive for me as well. Yeah. And how much action you take, right? Because like, mm-hmm. you have the thought, who the hell does that? Like people will laugh and it had like what you mm-hmm. learned then the hard way or the good way. I don't know. It's like, this was only the projections that you had and the thoughts you exactly. had about yourself. About it has nothing myself. to do with anyone else. Right. Mm-hmm. And you guys, and I remember when you told me, you're like, Oh, we told like this, we went for dinner and we told this couple. And then I just made these little jokes about it. And they were really yes. supportive. And I was like, why are you joking about this? And you go like, yes. no, it's just like, it's almost like you wanted to like, take explain it to myself, explain it to yourself. Yes. Right. And be like, well, if yeah. I kind of make fun of me first, then they can't, then do, they it can't do it. I was, it was my protection mechanism. And also I think there was a part of me, obviously there was a part of me that, that decided to pursue dentistry and that decided to pursue all these things within dentistry. And it was almost like I was appeasing that part of me. Mm. to be able to then say, well, they're going to think this, and this is what I should say first. And so now I'm a little bit more conscientious about that. I'm not saying that I'm just saying, you know, I'm a designer. It is what it is. Like we're not going into our past. And you know, the narrative of how I was explaining myself, it feels a lot better now. And I'm able to just be in a room and not judge myself. 100%. And I love that because what we are going through is that like identity shift through the Mm -hmm. process. This is exactly what it looks like. You Mm kind of deciding in private, right? And be like, I'm doing this, but then still going through that flip-flopping of belief Mm -hmm. when you are surrounded by other people who know a different version of you. Exactly. And then little by little starting to like strengthen that new identity of like, no, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. Or like we would always say, it was like, Nikki, this is happening. You're becoming a designer, right? But I want to talk about this because it's a little bit related to you being an empath. And I'm sure there are a lot of sensitive people um, in in my audience as well, which even though, okay, so let me backtrack. I really want to share this as Mm -hmm. well. Because again, I think this is just a a learning point for many. When you came in, you know, Ideas Bank, my clients know what Ideas Bank is, Mm -hmm. is where we deposit all the ideas of who and what we want to be and do and (laughs) and ever wanted to to be and do. And I remember you had like a very long list of everything you wanted to do. And then very long (laughs) journals of like, and this, and I want to do e-commerce and I want to be the speaker and I want to leave and I want to this. Right. And yeah, there's no shame. Like you are very ambitious, you know, and I'm sure you're going to get there. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. the big piece for us when we started all was like really learning how to compartmentalize and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's choose the foundational piece, the one direction. And you can always add other things. And I remember at first you were a little resistant because even though it's so interesting, right. And that's why you, you kept Mm -hmm. on being stuck in the same loop because you were telling yourself that you are capable and want the, uh, like want to have these big dreams coming true, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't take action yet. And for you to let go the idea that, you know, you may need to pause on these other things while you like work Mm -hmm. on design, you had a little bit of resistance and you're like, Vilma, but I can do everything. I promise you, Yes, I can do it all. I can do it. Right. So do you remember yeah. anything about that? Cause I think that's a very important. Point. Oh, that poor, poor girl. That's a lot of pressure to put on someone to be like, yeah, I want to play 25 roles right now because you know what it was, was that that narrative again, it's all about the narrative and the thought work in my head. I had the next step had to be so big to then explain why I was leaving dentistry that, okay, I'm going to be a this and at this and at this and at this, because then it's, it's almost like a protection mechanism. And I was, it was almost like the dream that I initially had, which was to go into design wasn't big enough. And no, no one told me that that was, that was something I took on for myself. Yeah. So when I came in, it was almost like, well, I'm going to do this and that. And I, sometimes I catch myself still 
kind of going back like, well, maybe, you know, instead of being an interior designer, I should go into fashion. I still catch myself, but I now have the tools to be like, no, no, no. We were happy here. Like this works for me. I'm in alignment. I'm happy. This is a great step because I don't know if it's it's my brain or just the way that the way that I was thinking that it just had to be that big. Mm. And so, and then by being that big, it led me to more chaos. And then I wasn't really able to actually take a step forward, which is what I was stuck in for five years before I came into the the program with you. Yeah. It's kind of like the grass is greener on the other side, right? So that's why I'm afraid to commit. And even, you know, while when we chose the design, well, you chose Mm -hmm. the design. I always say like, I feel like I'm participating with everyone (laughs) in this, but when we chose and we came to New York, (laughs) right? It was like you even, even then, because I want to share that with people, because a lot of the times people think, well, when I land on the right step, I'm just going to have this like, unprecedented like self-trust yes. and and like it's knowing gonna that perfect it's, yeah it's gonna be perfect <laughs> and I'm never gonna lose faith and I'm never gonna question that you guys know because that's not no. how the brain works right the survival oh mechanism primal brain is still gonna come to you and make you question things and test exactly. you right especially when you're misaligned especially when you have so many shoes like Nikki had of like what she's supposed mm-hmm. to be in society otherwise she'll fail and everyone will hate her before yeah. right Like, even if you land on that path, please allow for those thoughts to come in. Just don't dance with them. Don't believe them. Right. Because you know what it feels like when you're doing it. Right. Let's talk a little bit about how you were really proactive in sourcing because we talked about like test driving. Right. I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of testing. And even you you said yourself when you came in, you already had started speaking to people right in design. Mm -hmm. And then those experiences, I feel like were so informative and gave you so much feedback about yourself and what you want and whether it's right. Share a little bit about those, whichever you want. Definitely. So it was right before we started like a year ago, right before that, the first two years in my clinic, I was solely focused on the clinic. Actually, before that, I had tried doing a, a tech company while I was running the business and it killed me. It was, it was not the right thing for me to do. It was really great, but well, what lasted, but. I came to you and I was like, you know what? I was in that moment. Do I want to be a fashion designer? Do I want to go into writing? Do I want to go into interior design? And so I, I already had some direction because I've been thinking about this for 20 years. And it was at that time where I had just, I came across this um, platform called Intro, which if anyone else look, can look into intro.co and they have a lot of different creative experts on there, entrepreneurs, interior designers, um, a, a lot of different people. And so I saw that I could have a conversation with some top people in the field. And I said, you know what? It's a bit of an investment, but let me just talk to someone in the field because, you know, their careers are very aligned with what it is that I think I want to do. And this is before we started our work. And so as I think one of our first meetings and I told you that, hey, I'm going to, I think I'm going to have this conversation and you encouraged me. So I did that and I had one conversation and then I had a couple more And each and every single conversation I had, and I I just felt like I was talking to a colleague and I was like, it felt like I was in the right place. What they were talking about, how they pursued their careers. It was like, yes, I can see myself in this role. And so I'd go on that high. And of course I was balancing this out with the clinic. So then I'd be on this high and I'd be like, okay, well, you know, from those conversations, they said, try getting an internship try a shadowing um, experience. So I remember I had gotten a WeWork for me. I went to WeWork and I was like, I wrote my resume out and I said, okay, well on my resume, I need to have an Instagram. How did they know my style? So I started an Instagram and 
I was then able to at least define what my style was. And every time I post, it was like this, this high, like this alignment high. Like, yes, this feels good. I'm going to do this. And I applied to a bunch of different shadowing and internship experiences. And obviously, you know, nothing really came out of it until I had one conversation um, through intro. And I bluntly asked the designer, Ryan, I said, Ryan, would you be okay if I came to shadow you? And he was like, honey, absolutely. Come shadow me in LA. I love that. And it took me a couple months to follow up on that. And again, because I would tell you, Vilma, well, it's really hard right now. We need to hire somebody. We need to do this. And those excuses kind of pushed me from pursuing it right away. And then somehow the conversation got started again with Brian and I was texting him. He's like, just come. I booked it for the summer. I think it was June or July of this year. And I went for a week and it was the best experience I've ever had because I was in a room full of people or studio full of people who also had career changes, who decided maybe to go to school or not to go to school. And the first six months of the year, the question for me was, okay, I'm going to do interior design, but do I go to school or do I not go to school? Should I try doing this on my own or do I really need to go to school? And so that was a huge battle in my head because it was constant. So a lot of the conversations I had were led with, do you think I need to go to school or can I follow you who maybe you did go to school or didn't? And so having these group of career changers in one studio over the summer and I'm looking at them and they're happy. Everyone's like, you know, it's hard work. I'm happy. And I love it. And I was like, yes, my body was like a hell yes. Right. And some of them did go to school and some of them didn't. So I then looked at that. And what I realized was that I was able to intern a little bit and help out, but I couldn't give the technical skills that I really, like I couldn't participate in that technicality of it, of actually designing something. I didn't know the language. I didn't know the programs. And I tried doing it on my own after that. And I realized like, no, I just, for me, I need to be in an environment where it's almost like a bubble and I need to learn about this from other people. That's just the way I learned. Like maybe not everyone needs to do that. There's plenty of designers out there who haven't had any education. They just did it on their own. And I realized on my own that I can't do that on my own. I'm just not wired that way. And so it was at okay, that time. Well, where, you, you know yes. what? You know what? Okay. okay. This is not a coaching session, but you know what? I think, <laughs> and I think, you know, you know, my, you know how, where I stand actually a lot of the times talk people out of going to school because I already think that they have what it takes it, yes. because they have tenacity and love for it. But yes. I think with you, like we ended up arriving to like, okay, it makes sense for you to go to school because you are so like going back to even being an empath, you're so susceptible to your environments that I think for you, like it's important to be immersed in that world, right? Talk about it, talk, Mm -hmm. meet people who are doing it because that will then give you the momentum to go to the next step, whatever that will be, right? So for you, it made sense. Well, when I say I couldn't do it, I'm like, yeah, you could, you you did it. You helped your sister. You're right. You are right. (laughs) So I'm going to just, whatever Vilma said. (laughs) Absolutely. You are right. Because, you know, obviously to be in that environment for me was what was going to help me get to where I wanted to be. And I wanted to be in a, in a city where I was surrounded by that all the time. I love Toronto. Toronto is not that city, New York city. Well, yes. I mean, it's, it just wasn't the place I could see myself because I did try to shadow with a lot of designers in Toronto there's a lot more red tape there and it's not so open to allowing outsiders who don't have the four-year degree to come in, at least from what I found, maybe other people find differently. And so going to school, but even before I decided fully to apply, do you remember that we tried doing that business? I tried to have this business that I started, but 
which we still need to unpack whether it was my gremlins or whether it just wasn't in alignment. But yeah. I tried doing a design business, but really the environment just wasn't, yeah, it just, it just wasn't there for me, you know? And so coming to school, I can look back and be like, okay, I, I did the things, I sold the clinic, I, you know, I finally found a place. It hasn't been super, super, super smooth. My emotions still are kind of all over the place. I'm still kind of freaking out, but I love it. That, that feeling of not being drained. Like when I go to class, I'm going there for nine hours. I'm not coming back the way I used to, where I need to self-soothe and I need to um, ignore the world and go on autopilot. It's a very different feeling now where it's like, okay, I'm tired. I need to go to bed. Like yeah, that's I'm tired or I need to take care of yes. my physical body. Right. But like, I'm I exactly don't disconnect to rest a little bit. And that is such a exactly. big talk to me as well. Uh, so yeah, that piece. Okay. Two things, two things. I'm getting excited. Yeah. Uh, one, <laughs> one, one is like, I really want to, again, like just emphasize that. So you would not, you who are listening to this would not have an illusion that is like always so easy. Cause like you literally voxered me. So that's an app we use with the clients. You voxered me before jumping on a plane to see Ryan where you're like, Vilma, I don't think I'm going to board the plane. Cause I think I made a mistake. I shouldn't shadow anyone. Like you're freaking the F out. Right. Yeah. Same happened before you came to New York where you like literally yes. came to the session and like point blank. You're like, Vilma, I think I'm making a mistake. And then yes. we had to, I had to show you and remind you of who you are, yes. what your brain is doing to you. That is very common. Like, it's okay. You're yes. exactly, you're going exactly where you're supposed to go. Isn't that um, funny? Yeah. It's another pattern of mine that we saw because I mean, I'm making it sound like it wasn't as bad, but it was tough. It was yeah. hard. It, there were days, honestly, before I even came to New York, I was crying for six days straight. Like, let's be honest, like there were, it was a lot of emotions. So before I boarded the plane to LA, even though I had everything booked, and by the way, I procrastinated on booking because in my mind, I was like, who goes in shadows at the age, you know, in the thirties. And so that was another story playing. I didn't book the hotel or the the flight until literally right before, because I kept pushing it, even though I knew about this for so long. So that's really how those thoughts were taking over. But thankfully you were reminding me and I was like, Vilma. I don't think I can do this. This is not going to work. So I get to LA the first two days. I'm like, I don't know what on earth I'm doing here. I don't like this. I need to get out of here. And it wasn't until I went into the studio and I was like, no, no, I'm in the right spot. So then that happened again when I came to visit the school in November. Vilma, I hate New York. I'm never going to come here. Like, this is, this is dumb. Like, I'm so stupid. Why am I doing this? Like those, those thoughts were in my mind. And it almost happened. It started to happen again as I was actually coming to move here. And you reminded me, you're like, Nikki, this is a pattern of yours. Notice it. And as I did, I'm like, oh, this is my norm that I am very resistant to change. And this is, I want change so bad. And I want to be the person of impact, but I am scared. Like there's no other, I'm so scared. And so that pattern is so strong. And so I do hope and I do feel that pattern may start to, you know, get a little bit lighter and lighter as I am more aware of it. But maybe this happens again for the next I change. I think it will. it will. It's just a pattern. It will. it will. Like, but at least you can recognize it now. You mm-hmm. know, admit and be like, well, I can breathe through it. I can expect for it. I can prepare yes. myself for it. So I know exactly what I need to do. And I don't believe it. Right. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, so because like I said, it's very common. Also, the bigger the change, the bigger the resistance. Your narrative, mm-hmm. like I'm the dentist who is going into interior. Design. Yes. That's who does that. that? Right. And that is why your story, I think, is that's why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. And I was literally was telling Nikki, I was like, you need to come and talk to people and share (laughs) your story because it's so powerful. It's so inspiring. Whenever I tell people about this change, right, they're like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. This is so inspiring. 
Right. And what's so crazy is that I was so embarrassed of it for so long that I had to have you remind me. I was like, well, what do people see that's so inspiring? Like it, it was, it took a while for me to like look and I'm still, sometimes I still struggle with that where I'm like, okay, did I do the right thing? And I, you know, I have dentists in the family and I look at them and I'm like, Hey, did I, did I do the right thing? There's still moments like that even until yesterday where I'm like, yeah. okay, but I have to then remind myself, how do I feel in this environment? Do mm-hmm. I, where do I see myself going? Like, let's connect to my higher self. Is this, this is the right thing. This is what she would do. And it feels great. And I made that decision on my own, right? Yeah. It was me. I've pursued this. No one has influenced me. Um, if anything, I've just been super supported by having the right people in my life and sharing that journey with them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the whole journey. I think, you know, you, you said it and other, other people say it's just like career change is not just career change is a life change, like everything, life change. And then you going back to yourself is like every little step that you took, you were going back to yourself or getting to know yourself. Right. Cause you didn't know parts of you, like you didn't know what you're capable of and you'd see glimpses of her and you would love it. Right. Yeah. And then she would slip away. Yes. Yes. It was almost like, it was like this like flashing light and then it would just go away. Yeah. But it, that the work was for me to keep working on that because how many times did you tell me like the last year it was tough where I, it felt dark and I felt like I was in a really desperate position and you keep reminding me, you have to cultivate the thoughts and beliefs that you are going to become a designer. It is happening. Yeah. You will sell your clinic because I think when you lose sight of that higher vision, every single bump feels like it's going to end yeah. your life. And yeah. so I was in that position for so long that to look up and I would even forget to look up because I was in the weeds. You would have to remind me and help me like, look up, remember where you're going, believe that it's going to happen. Because when you do that, you show up differently. You know, yeah. if you're showing up out of desperation, it is true that energy that you give out, you're going to have more situations that make you feel more desperate. So constantly reminding myself, like, let go, look up, keep going. You know, that was so important in that moment. And also, you know, to have, to have support in your life, if there's even one person that can look at you outside, firstly, work with Vilma, but even in your marriage or in your, in your partnership, for me, I had a husband who felt the pain I felt and who reminded me that, you know, we talked, we FaceTime last night and he tells me, he's like, I, he had tears in his eyes. I'm so happy. I can finally see joy in what you're doing because for so many years, you didn't have that. And to be here in this position where I look back and I just feel so bad for that girl who thought that she needed to play this role that was never not meant for her for a long time. You know, it did serve a purpose. I learned so much. Really that, that point in my life was a journey back to myself. Would I recommend it for anyone else to go through? If you can hear the whispers beforehand, no, like take, yeah. believe in yourself, trust yourself. But if you're like me do what you need to do, but be open to listening to yourself. Yeah. And, and be open to listening to yourself, like learning how to trust yourself. That's a process. Yes. Another piece of surrendering, right? Because again, because Rather. of your wanting to control and understand and like, that's mm-hmm. a piece, like, I don't know if you listen to the podcast with Nicole, because she's, she talks about control a lot in the podcast. Mm-hmm. She's like, I just needed to control. And for you as control well, like, yeah. I just need to control because then I feel safer because I come from environments where I don't feel safe when things are out of control. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to yeah. build a life around me where whether it's perceived a real control, I'm going to keep everything tight. So for you, letting go was a big, even with a sale, right? Like we, you would mm-hmm. notice the minute you let go and step away and be, tell your agent, don't message me. Don't call me. Don't give me any updates. Right. It's okay. I'm going to surrender and trust the process. 
Yes. Because what, what she was, what she, what was happening was, so to give more context, it took us over a year and a half to sell the clinic. And we went through multiple buyers. And what I did in the beginning was that I would tell her to call me and message me with every time she went with a buyer. And I wanted to know everything that was going on. And so that affected me to another level. Like that took me into a really deep, like dark place because it was almost like, no, the buyer said no. And then I was like, my whole world would be crushed. And I'd forget yeah. that there was something outside of just that. And so I kept trying to clutch it and control it and be like, okay, I'm going to control this. So I know how to manage myself around it. And I can still, you know, put it in a pretty little bow somewhere and I can still deal with it. And that wasn't the case because the more I controlled it, the more it affected her and the way that she was managing the sale as well. And I saw that. So when you were teaching me that there's a lesson here and it was you, and I even went to a tarot card reader and she's like, the same exact thing you said, Velma, she said, she's like, you need to learn to let go. There's a lesson in this. You're not going to be able to sell the clinic until you learn the lesson. And the lesson was to surrender, let go, trust mm. that it sounds so simplistic. Oh yeah. Surrender, let go. And like, it's so like, it's such a cliche thing to say it's all over Instagram. But no, what does that actually mean? How do you actually get yourself out of the situation, get your mindset, get your energy out of that and allow the situation to happen and circumstances to happen and keep your head on your goal no matter what, when it feels like your world is falling apart every five minutes. Mm. That was a lesson I had to learn. And even till date, I think that's a lesson that's like the biggest lesson I still need to learn is allowing things without needing to control them. So that to me, I see that I I can see myself falling back into that if I don't find a way to manage my thoughts and be very, very aware of what's, what's going on. Yeah. And in order for you to manage your thoughts, you need to take care of yourself, even if it's exactly or a little walk. Right. So like, it's all very much connected. It's all one and the same. Like, I'm so proud of you. I'm listening, I'm listening to you. I'm like a plus, a plus (laughs) you learned the lessons. (laughs) You can graduate now. I don't know if it's complete yet. I don't know if it's complete. No, it's but never it, it, complete. It's never complete, right? But because it's that, like- that's what I thought. I thought, okay, maybe other people think the same thing. I thought that this journey it was going to be easy peasy. You're just going to, film is going to come in. She's going to assess me and tell me I need to become a designer, which I already know. And like, that's it. Yeah. I did not know this was going to be a full life change. The way I showed up, for my clinic and the way I showed up for who I was before versus who I am now and how I can now be in fulfilling relationships. That's something that I didn't even know that was going to be an outcome of this, right? I had no idea it would affect me to that level where every part of my life can now be in a point where it supports each other instead of taking away from each other. That was huge. That was huge for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Okay. You're so proud of your student, aren't you? I'm so proud. I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to celebrate. Veterinaries. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. No, I am proud of you. I mean, you went on the journey. And like I said, you're right, right? Like, it's really important to emphasize. And I, I usually tell that to people who start working with me is like, and not just with me, any other coach mm-hmm. or any other transformational change is that. Yes, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun ride. You're going to go on the apps and you're going to have extreme lows because you're changing everything, how you think, how you feel, how you relate, how you know yourself, yeah. like how you regulate yourself. Like it's it's a complete shift because 
and the reason sometimes people ask me like, why does it have to be so like big is because mm-hmm. well, you're going back to your aligned path in order for you to be able to embody the energy off a line path to shine the authentic light. It's not just you applying, sending some resonance and applying to that job. You need to prepare for it. And the universe yeah. is doing that with you, right? It's helping you prepare for that new version, new, new level that you are about to get on. And there are prerequisites for you to get there. Exactly. It's your whole, it's like you have to prep your entire environment for that. And what does that yeah. look like? You know, are you eating correctly? Are you thinking like not thinking correctly, but are you managing your thoughts? Are you deciding your narrative? Are you working with that? Because for so long, like I told you, I had that watching Oprah on the couch moment. I thought that it was, it was okay. You know, I'm just going to get the magic answer and a purpose is going to fall into my lap and then I'll just go with it. Yeah. None of that, none of that comes through until you're ready for it on so many different levels of your life. Yeah. Hundred percent, and that's the reason why I had to go through what you went through mm-hmm. in order to be able to sit here, look at me from New York, studying design, right? Like really good. And you and I spoke about it. Like even now, you have obstacles, but the way you look at the obstacles or relate to them is just like you believe that you can figure it out. Whereas in the past, yes. you said it would be the end of the world every time you it had was an obstacle. End of the world. Yes, I mean, and I'm not going to lie. I had that moment. I was telling you as I was looking for housing. Housing in New York is not easy, mm. and I had that moment where I was in my head this up until last week and I was like living in that chaos again like oh my god oh my god and it was consuming me mm-hmm. and it wasn't mm-hmm. until I looked outside of it and I'm like no I can figure this out I have the answers so that was so different because before if something went wrong it would be four days of me self-soothing before I got out of that ready to come up with a solution so yeah. that that was really a, a very very different from how I experienced yeah. it before yeah self-soothing right with like eating mm-hmm. netflixing and then shaming yourself for doing so there's yes. there so many layers in that behavior oh my gosh <laughs> i can't forget about the self-shaming always shaming <laughs> myself like, oh my god i did it again what am i what am i yeah. doing with my life and it, it yeah. had those moments for so many years so yeah you're right now it's more if i need i've had to self-soothe the last couple of days because i'm not i'm not necessarily in my yeah. place yet and i'm okay with that i'm like yeah, i know strategic. what i'm doing yeah, it's very strategic. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing this. And I'm able to be compassionate towards myself, which to me, it before is very taboo. You're not compassionate to yourself. You're just doing the things. You're just doing the self-care, but true compassion and looking at where you are and be like, Hey, it's fine. I'm okay. That to me has also been a huge gift. Mm. Well, I'm excited for you. And the reason why, you know, because sometimes like even my clients or like, I don't know if you mm-hmm. ask me, but people will ask me like, well, am I allowed to come? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm showing quotation marks. Am I allowed to come on a podcast? Because I ha- I'm not an established designer yet. Mm-hmm. I am not, I don't have, you know, my, my ha- design house and blah, blah, blah. Yes. And I'm like, well, of course. And that is that piece of like us celebrating the change. Because I feel like you went yes. through the hardest part, the rest of it is going to be when you're on a line path, the energy is pulling you in You're you get tired, you get up next morning and you're like, okay, let me try again. Let me figure out like, it's a different yeah. way. It's a different reality. It's different. And you know what I really wish I knew before was that I thought that being successful in this career change would be this like rainbows and butterflies moment where I'm like in sailing in the sunset and I'm a designer and I'm there, <laughs> but I don't know where I got that from. It was too many Disney movies as a kid, maybe. I don't know. But um, what I realized, and I've said this to you, is that saying, okay, so success is saying yes to myself. Mm-hmm. However small that looks, like success for me was waking up in the morning and saying, you know what? 
yes, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm not where I want to be. I don't have the societal success yet that I have the money and the cars and all of that. Uh, you could say extra stuff. But the fact that I woke up and I'm doing something that I love and I'm in a moment, it's a little messy. It's not clean. It's fine. That is success. And I wish yeah. we celebrated that more than what Instagram and TikTok tells you to celebrate, right? Or what the world tells you to celebrate. Oh yeah, you know, traditional stories in my head, I thought, okay, well, they're not going to believe I'm successful until I have all the things. Mm -hmm. That's not true. I'm waking up. There's joy on my face. I'm happy to take the day on. I'm excited to be here. And I'm, I can just take on whatever comes my way. That's success. That's success, especially because mm-hmm. you need to look back and compare yourself to yourself, right? Not to other successful designers, which we do when we come into a new field. No, oh, I yeah. need to look back at the Nikki a year ago who was like crying herself to sleep or whatever you did, yes. right? <laughs> like that, you, those two versions are very different. That is success. Yeah. And that is continue yeah. going to be a continuous journey. There's no end exactly. to this. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've taken one step towards what I consider my dream life. And I'm not daydreaming about that life anymore. I'm living it, right? So it doesn't come. I know it doesn't come like it's so easy. And, you know, exactly what I said, but we're getting there. And and if I decide to make another pivot from here, it's because I'm saying yes to myself, Yeah. right? That's going to, like you said to me, so the journey doesn't end. So it's just taking it one step at a time towards a life that I really do feel is in alignment with me. Yes. Amen. Oh, this is a perfect place to finish, but I need to ask you one more question. Listen to other podcasts. So like, what is the advice that you give to other people who are you a year ago or to Mm -hmm. yourself, right? What would you tell them? What would you have wanted to hear? So I think what I would wanted to hear is actually what I just mentioned is about the fact that a journey like this is not linear. And it's not supposed to be linear. Like stop looking at, for me, I learned, had to learn to stop looking at accounts that told me it should be linear. It's not linear, but I think it's all about learning to trust yourself and just knowing that when you hear a whisper, go for it, right? It's kind of like what Oprah says. I keep mentioning Oprah because she really, that's all I really listened to in the beginning. But (laughs) if you have a sense of something is not right, believe it. Don't let it come to a point where it affects your health. It affected my health, not listening to myself. It affected my mindset. It affected my well-being. And now I'm on that journey to come back to my health because for so long, I didn't listen to myself. So if you have that feeling, just sit with it. Or if you, if you don't feel the feels yet, but you can tell some things off, learn to learn to learn about yourself learn who you are, learn what you like and see, you know, where you want to be in life. Sit with that. Your future self, is that, is that in alignment with where you are today? So had I listened to that, I think I would have maybe come to you had I found you six years earlier. I've known for years. This, this was a, this was not an overnight decision for me. It took a long time to get here. So that's one thing. Another, another thing is just to emphasize that saying yes to yourself is success because I'm coming from a world where you know, as a professional, like so many other people, you are taught what success means. That is not true. You know, it is not true. I've seen so many, I've met people who are quote unquote success and they're not happy and they're not fulfilled and they're looking to soothe themselves with alcohol and they're doing whiskey on weekends. Like they're, they're not happy. So really you need to ask yourself, like, am I okay to say yes, to walk away from something or to work my way towards something else other than where I am today? And I also wish that, you know, 
another thing that I'm going to kind of go into the relationships is that when you're not in alignment, it affects your family and it affects your spouse. So that's one huge thing. It wasn't until, you know, my husband and I have a really good relationship and he was able to tell me that, you know, when you weren't, when it, when it was affecting you, it was affecting me. And when I hear that and I'm like, wow. And I decided to be in that position for so many years because of course I didn't have the tools, but I was in that position and it affected him too. I think when you see that, it, it really makes an impact and you have to start thinking a little bit differently. You have to be a little selfish and be like, you know what? It's time for me to take care of myself. It's time for me to do this for me. And it starts from there. Mm, these are such good. This is such good, such good advice. I love it. It's so true. And another piece, I think with you as well, kind of just looking at your journey, I think also a reminder to people to like read the symptoms. A lot of the times yeah. when we are sick when we are tired and it doesn't even make sense when we have mm-hmm. mystery symptoms when we do when we feel off it's not accidental it's all mm-hmm. symptoms showing you that something is off your body does not just randomly start aching or getting tired mm-hmm. there is a leak of energy and that is all working for you reminding you to that something is off there are some yes. to be looked at versus us popping pills and you know like this is a culture alcohol. alcohol or you know what the, the drinking alcohol every night for me like when I, I started doing that for a while and I'm like, why, why am I doing this? Yes. And it was to forget about my day. And that to me is how do you want to live a life where you're not even remembering half your day or where you're trying to, it's what, like 60% of your life or 50% of your life you're working. I, I don't know the statistics, but why do you want that 50% of your one life that you've been given to make you feel like you need to forget about it or self-soothe yourself? Uh hundred mm-hmm. percent. Cause it's not accidental. Right. Cause like we, mm-hmm. like what you said is normalized these days. Like everyone hates yes. their job. Oh, come on. Like when I got into banking and there's like, Oh, Vilma, don't be ridiculous. Everyone hates banking. We are just here. Like, cause you're, that's what adults do. And I'm yeah. like, but I'm so unhappy. Like what, yeah. like, why are you all on drugs and alcohol? Right. Like, okay. Survive and disconnect. So if you have those symptoms, don't wait for say what happened to me. Cause my change mm-hmm. was dramatic or to Nikki, right? Like you can start earlier. You don't have to go through like physical pain and be completely fatigued Mm -hmm. and burnt out and then wanting to change career. You can still do that, but it's going to be much harder for you because you need to get to that optimal state first before you can build the change on top of that. And you know what? And even if you haven't heard the symptoms, still be compassionate towards yourself. You know, like if you're lucky enough to have those symptoms and actually listen, that that's amazing. And if you're not, and say you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, and you're like something in my life, just, it didn't feel like I lived my life to the fullest. That's, that's your symptom. (laughs) Change your life. You can still change it. There are people who do career changes even in their seventies. And I think we need to normalize that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's taken you a long windy road and you finally got here, but just do it, do it for yourself because you really never know who you've inspired. There are people that come up to me now and they tell me I've been so unhappy as a lawyer or as a accountant, and this is inspiring me. I want to do something with my life too. Mm-hmm. That to me, like, oh, I'm I'm getting like the feelings now. Yeah. That to me is huge. And I didn't mean to do that because, you know, for me, I was, you know, quote unquote struggling silently. 
but it really does make an impact. And now I think when I look at the future generations coming in, my nieces and my nephews, I want them to have an example in me that, you know what, it doesn't matter that she already had a career. She was in her 30s. She was already married. She should have checked all the societal boxes, but she still decided to have a change. And right now, I don't know what that looks like, but she said yes to herself. And that should be more than enough. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> love this. No one gives You should be oh. a regular. We should have like a little. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. You're inspiring me right now. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Nikki. I know that it's going to be so inspiring. People just love it. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just a drastic, I was thinking about it too. Maybe it's just a drastic change of like the, you know, from being a doctor to going into something creative, Mm -hmm. people just don't, like it doesn't connect. It's not, well, it's not really heard of either. And only when I, so funny side note, it's only when I got into the school that I realized that some of my professors were taught by career changers, one of whom was a physician that went into interior design. So people do it but it's not talked about and it's not normalized. So I think one of my personal missions is going to be to normalize that. It doesn't matter how old you are. I want everyone to feel like they're in a fulfilling part of their life. You know, I know that's exactly how I feel. I want to shake everyone who's unhappy at work and be like, do you know, you can change it. You are not a tree. You can move. But you know what? We've been taught to be trees and we've been taught that once you plant the seeds, you you stay there and you you grow what you need to grow and then you give the leaves and you live the life and day in and day in and day out. But that doesn't feel good. You know, be the wind. Be OK yeah. with change. Yeah, it's OK. And it just takes and I say that because I've struggled with change. You know that I'm still struggling with change. But once you do it, you're like, wow, there actually is another way to live my life. And I didn't believe that was possible for so long. Yeah. So it's possible, you guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Nikki, for your time. Thank you for sharing Thank your story. You. I know it's going to be so useful. We'll continue coaching. I'll see you in the coaching yes. session. And I'm saying <laughs> bye to the listeners. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you for spending time with me today. If you resonate with this content, please subscribe and leave a little review to put a smile on my face. And if you'd like to take this work further, and have my one-on-one support in switching to an aligned career path using my holistic career change method, make sure you head over to the show notes and book your free consultation call. I can't wait to meet you. Have a nice day.